What up, Dub Nation, to another episode of the Catching Dubs podcast. We're your host, I'm Ethan, and I am joined by my duo, my Splash Bro, and my co-host, Zach. My guy, the divisional round playoffs of the NFL wildcard, just off topic, but like, that was an amazing four games that we just saw, and like, every single game went down the wire and just like, which game was your favorite, my guy? Uh it's gotta be, it's gotta be, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Bills Chiefs probably because I'm a big uh, Josh Allen enthusiast. Um, ever since last year, where I hopped on a Bills bandwagon because I was boycotting the Lions because they hadn't fired Matt Patricia yet, and then they fired Matt Patricia, so everything was okay. But uh, I'm just a big Josh Allen fan. Um, but that game showed me how. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen will be just like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in the AFC, just battling out for the next decade. Those two guys are, it's ridiculous how good they are. Um, And it just shows with Josh Allen goes on the field, scores a touchdown Then Mahomes. Tyreek Hill goes off for like 50 yards, scores a touchdown. Josh Allen scores with 13 seconds left. And you think the game's over, but nah, Patrick Mahomes, Gets on the field goal to gets on the field to score a field goal. They kick the field goal. Bills win. Um, but I think the happiest game, the game that made me the most happiest, was 49ers beating the Packers because you know what? Fuck Aaron Rodgers. That's why, baby. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't expect the Niners to win, but I don't know. They were underdogs. They just went into Lambeau. Kind of reminded me of 2013 49ers where Kaepernick and that snowstorm just went into Lambeau and just won and just just amazing just how unpredictable these playoffs are like both the number one seeds in the NFC and the AFC got knocked out and I'm like anything can happen so it was it was such a treat to watch those close games and I just said the Mahomes Allen one man Mahomes scoring with 13 seconds left just to get in a field goal range just it's just nuts also bad on the Buffalo Bills for letting that happen but like that was just superb. You can't ask for anything better. It's like it was almost like a scripted performance, especially with the Rams and Buccaneers. Exactly. You there's, talk- yeah, there's just some things where I think where I notice the game's just gotta be scripted. Like, <laughs> like the Rams and Bucks game was it was going into a blow. It was 27 to 6. And then the Ram the Bucks, I think, forced three turnovers in the second half. Cam Akers fumbled the ball. Like two minutes left. With two I minutes think, left. Minute. Just just fumbled the ball. No ball security at all. Fumbles the ball. Tom Brady leads his team down the field. Leonard Fournette with a touchdown run. And then easily one of the most ballsy throws I've ever seen. And I've I've been a Lions fan and I've seen Matthew Stafford game winning drives all the time. Matthew Stafford, man, it seems like Cooper Cup's always wide open and he just chucks it downfield. They throw the blitz, they throw the house at him and it just chucks it into a beautiful ball. And then game winning goal. goal. I'm happy for Matthew Stafford because Charles he, he, he almost pulled off the, Fal- the Falcons. Sorry for the voice crack. They almost he pulled did. off. He did. That is for sure. <laughs> but Cooper Cup said no. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a great stretch of four games and then NFC, AFC championship. Um, what are your thoughts before we head into the Warriors talk? Who do you think is going to go to the Super Bowl? I need a Chiefs-Rams Super Bowl. I think as a Lions fan, 
I've been pulling for Matthew Stafford because Lions failed him throughout most of his career, and now he's going to show everyone that he's an elite quarterback when I've been saying that he's been elite. Um, but I think he does – I'd like to see him on big-time stage against Mahomes. Um, I do like Joe Burrow and the Bengals' story, but I don't think they will beat the Chiefs, especially in Arrowhead. Um, and obviously Kyle Shanahan shot, has Sean McVay's number, but I think a little, I think the Rams have all the momentum going into their favor right now. And I think Jimmy G and now that the Rams defense starting to play better, it's, I don't think it's the best matchup. Yeah. But yeah I mean, I mean Debo as Samuel as... coming out of the backfield, Elijah Mitchell coming out of the backfield, Ford Niners could just pound the run game and they could, pull it off i mean i wouldn't mind seeing a 49ers chiefs rematch so seriously anything can happen like the underdogs won three out of the four games in the divisional it should have been a four out of four with all the underdogs winning but uh mahomes decided to become the grim Reaper. Yeah. all right so moving on from the nfc afc championship prediction stuff it's time to move on to the warriors and i thought after that disappointing loss against the pacers on thursday night i would expect the warriors to come out against the Rockets and be 100% locked in, engaged, guns blazing. But it didn't seem like that. Um, it kind of felt back and forth throughout the entire game. But they were down They were down in, like, the third quarter. Like, they were down 15 against the Rockets. Um, Steph got angry, and he kicked the chair. And um, I felt like finally kind of remind, reminded me of, like, that Clippers game after All-Star break where he got mad at the team. And that was kind of like the spark that – Kind of changed that whole season Damn, around, and just took the words out of my mouth. What I was gonna say. Yeah, I'm sorry, exactly. brother. I'm sorry, yeah. brother. Exactly. <laughs> I did. I stole your thunder, huh? Exactly. That's what. That's Jack's. I exact idea on my mind, but I mean, I don't know what. I don't. I think no one should be pissed about him kicking the chair, bro. They were losing to the Rockets which is a probably the second worst team in basketball right now by over 10 points. They were having uh, Jalen Green, a old and washed Eric Gordon, um, and then that white player, the oh, – Matthews guy? Yeah, Matthews. He's, he's a baller. That man was hitting everything from three. But um, I think one – it showed that Steph is still in his slump. Two, they they just didn't start. They didn't have a good start. One again, it, it just looked. It was just awful basketball, honestly. And the first at the probably until like the first three quarters. Yeah, exactly. The first three quarters, it was just bad basketball to begin with. Um, but they were uplifted. They were uplifted at the end. Um, 103, 103. Warriors had possession. Steph called for an ISO 101, five seconds left. Dribbled one, two on the left side with the elbow shot. Step back, jumper splash. So I'm like, how come Steph is not more on ball? And we've seen the success with on ball Steph, but like Steve Kerr just wants to run off ball with the personnel yeah. without Draymond. And it doesn't make any sense because you're asking role players. Like Bielitska, JTA, Damian Lee to make those quick thinking decisions 
that lead to a lot of turnovers or boneheaded plays that don't make any sense. Um, so it's like a matter of fit over talent at this point, I think. And I guess Steve Kerr is kind of going towards more the fit route rather than finding athletic guys who can create their own shot and go to the rim. Like Jonathan Kaminga. Just Steve, man. Just, just Steve. I mean, also one thing that stands out, 17 turnovers. Um, it, it continued to be a problem on Friday night when they had the turnovers. Uh, Jordan Poole, relatively, I think he had a – I didn't really notice, but I think Jordan Poole had a solid game, plus 18, 20 points, 7 for 15 from the field. I mean, he's um, been passive. He's been passive those last two games, like – yeah. Against the Pistons and against the Pacers, I think he only took like eight shots. I think exactly. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's correct, but in order for the Warriors to be successful, um, Jordan Poole's got to create, and he's like probably the other guy other than Steph that can create for themselves. Um, but Steve Kerr just wants to treat him like JJ Redick and have him run across screens rather than giving the ball in his hands and run pick and rolls. And they did that differently in the Jazz game where. They I love, exposed. I love JJ Redick though. He's a baller. You do. He's a great. He's a great shooter. But I think Jordan Jordan Poole is not that guy. He's a different kind not of beast. That guy, pal. Not that <laughs> guy. I mean, Otto Porter Jr. on another plus sixteen. Give me up that beam. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Steph did hit his first game winner, so that's something to point out. Like but, with a buzzer beater off, like going yeah, off with so a buzzer like, beater. Yeah. So it's. It's an actual buzzer beater. There we go. It's an actual yeah. buzzer beater. Another reason why uh, Steph should be MVP and all-star captain, even though that won't happen because Rich Paul has bots His out bots. here voting for <laughs> LeBron nonstop. So, I mean, how is that possible to fix that, the whole botting stuff? Is it even possible? Probably not. I mean, may have to have uh, – I don't even know who you have to deal with that. Even the K-pop stands uh, voting for Steph. I appreciate y'all K-pop stands if you're listening Andrew Wiggins, um, for baby, voting for Steph. In, Andrew Wiggins is third in uh, small uh, forward voting. Let's go. Yeah. He'd be a starter. He'd be a starter right now if he had that all that down. Especially the, Paul George being out. But, I mean, moving into the Utah game, strong start. 33-29 at the end of the first um, Jordan Poole, another strong game, personally. 12, 20 points, plus six, seven for 13 from the field. And then Steph was ass again. One, excuse my language. One for 13 from three. I'd like to point out when I think Steph went downhill after he got the record. Um, I mean, granted, there was that game against Memphis before Christmas where he put up 40 something points he wasn't in a slump there but i think after christmas is marked when he started to enter the slump i'm gonna pull up the stat real quick um one for 13 from the three tonight he's currently one of 11 he's currently 35 of 115 from three in january which is 30 percent from the field from three it's a long slump. It's since November. We've had little spikes here and there, but like, um, I think the expectations have been a little too high 
but obviously with the greatness staff, a lot of people are going to expect that greatness. So, I mean, I don't even know what's the problem with Steph. I think it's just like him overthinking it. Um, I don't know. But what do you think? I think he'll. I think he'll. I think he'll get out of it at some point. It's just he's like turned into damn Nico Mannion from last year. It's bad. <laughs> I mean, I think we hold Steph to some unrealistic standards, but he has shown that he can live up to those standards, which I think makes it hard for Warriors fans to when he's playing bad to understand that he's actually human and that he misses a shit ton of shots. But but I think it's him like missing wide open looks that he would normally exactly. hit. Exactly. But I think that's like that's the thing that people are kind of being bugged about is like those shots Steph can hit like blindfolded, but blindfolded. Um, I don't know. It's just maybe his shots are either short or like back rim. So it's like I hope I know he's fine. I know he'll get out of it. It's just um the Warriors can't win games like this, like tonight against the Jazz. If Steph continues to be shooting poor from the field. They like can ar- win. I, I like to argue that point. They can win these games if Steph's playing crappy like that. They did. They did prove they it. Can, but... They can. They can only win those games if they have guys like Jordan Poole put up twenty points, Otto Porter Jr. put up a thir- thirteen points, Wiggins put up fourteen. I'd like probably to see more from Wiggins, but also having guys like Damian Lee. Shout out to Damian Lee. He's starting to get out of Finally. Yeah. I'll give you props. I'll give props to Damian who's Lee. Getting, um, who's getting paid money to shoot the ball, and it's actually going in the hoop. So that that is what helps. I mean, contributions from guys around stuff, they will, with how deep the team is, they will win games even if he plays bad. And they've showed that earlier, earlier in the year, and I think it'll be – even more big when Draymond and Clay comes back. And people need to remember that the Warriors are doing all of this without Draymond Green. And currently now they're out without Clay Thompson with a knee soreness problem. And we'll get into that if the Warriors are really um, there's something honest fishy, about that. There's something <laughs> fishy going on. Um, but just, people just need to remember that the Warriors are missing a. Some big pieces currently. I do understand that argument. I do understand that argument that you got good pieces now, like Poole, Wiggins, Clay when he comes back. But like, you know, when we get later on in playoff time, like if Steph can't shoot the ball well and the other guys can't hit their their shots, I mean, obviously you're gonna lose those games. But um Yeah, I totally I, understand. I totally understand that, especially in the postseason when you have your best player who's not playing well, you're not going to win. You're not going to win those key games. Yeah. I'm just saying that it's important to have depth on your roster who can are able to make shots. So when your player, your best player is playing like crap, it's a pick me up and you can still be competitive. That's true. That's very true. Also depth is like a double edged sword. Um, We've seen it already kind of where um, Steve Kerr trusts like the wrong guys a little too much. We've seen it in the past. Um, we've seen him go to Anderson Verajao, go Festus Azili in game seven. 
2016 NBA Finals. So it's just that depth can also be a double-edged sword. So um, if you want to counter that argument, if you agree, do you agree with that? Like where depth can be somewhat of a double-edged sword? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I totally agree. And I think you can apply that to now where earlier in the year I was – beating the drum about how the Warriors are the deepest team in the league, strength and numbers and all of that. Well, yes, they're deep, but some players on the roster can become a detriment when they're on the floor. For example, Juan Escano Anderson, who's we've seen his minutes decrease dramatically since India, the game against Indiana because of the boneheaded turnovers. Um, Damian Lee also with the turnovers, he's starting to shoot the ball better as he showed tonight, but, I think I agree with you with how can someone be a double-edged sword. But I think Damian Lee gets 24 minutes. Gary Payton the second gets 17. I have a problem with that. Because I do too. I do too. DP2 has shown that he's puts the Warriors at a bigger advantage defensively when he is on the floor. And I think he should be getting – we're being completely honest. I think one Clay Thompson's healthy and Jordan Poole's back on the bench and Otto Porter's back on the bench. I think he probably should be getting probably the second most minutes coming off the bench behind Jordan Poole and then Otto Porter Jr. I'm just saying. Yeah, the or, rotations or are or weird. He should, or he should be getting the most. I don't I think Steve Kerr is mixing up the rotations, but I mean honestly, if I was going to shut his second unit with putting Wiseman back, you'd have Jordan Poole, GP2, um, Andre Godala, Otto Porter Jr., and James Wiseman. I understand why Belly played 20 minutes tonight because he's basically considered the backup center now because uh, there's no other guys who are – Kevin. He's the last height. resort. <laughs> yeah. And Draymond, Draymond Green's not playing. He can't play the uh, – the five role, um, and yeah, Belly was awful tonight defensively. He's kind of a liability defensively. Um, but I mean, it's Rudy Gobert, so what are you going to do? This is going to transfer into my point about how Kevon Looney is extremely underrated on defense. I agree with that, dude. Is unreal on when it comes to defense. Like, uh, we, let's look at Kevon Looney real quick. He's six nine. How tall is Rudy Gobert? Like seven two. Rudy Gobert seven one, and there were two instances tonight where Jordan Clarkson threw up a lob to Rudy Gobert, and Kevon Looney got in there and messed that shit up. The, there was no no entering his paint, no entering, no one, no one getting near the rim. I'm just saying, Kevon Looney. I've been, I've criticized him a lot, but he's been un, unbelievable in these past couple of weeks. Yeah, and I don't think. It doesn't I get spoken enough. Exactly. I think he's extremely underrated. And I think when James Wiseman comes back, I, I think Kevin Looney should still be starting. Um, but he's extremely underrated and he's a good basketball player. He doesn't get enough respect from the Warriors fans, I feel like, especially on Twitter where it's a shit show half the time. Even yeah, like. Even though the Warriors are 34 and 13 in the second best team in basketball, but you know, fans aren't satisfied. I know, like, um, speaking of Kevon Looney, like, he made a heads-up play in the fourth quarter. I think it was, like, probably exactly. two minutes left. With the steal. I, 
also that also um the chalk clock violation where I, I don't know who was on that left corner, but Kavon Looney made a heads up play to double that and force that kick out to Gobert at the three point line. And we all know that Rudy Gobert does not shoot threes. So I love the um, awareness from Looney to recognize that. And that was helped them won the game. Like defense wins championships and defense won them this game. So got to applaud the defense, even without Draymond out there, who is the anchor of this defense. Exactly. And that just gives me hope that we've seen that how the Warriors size can be a weakness, but when looking at tonight and how Kevon Looney dealt with a Rudy Gobert type big who's seven, one, and if he did, and if he deals with Deandre Ayton the same way and he limits Ayton, um, offensively, I mean, maybe the Warriors don't need a big. I mean, I still think that they need a big coming off the bench, but who knows? I mean, if the Warriors were going to get a big, that's the question. I'm going to pose. I mean, there this. really isn't a there really isn't a ton of guys it, in the buyout it, market. Is it a buyout market or is it trade? I don't think it's trade because um, they don't trade in the middle season. That's they they proved that the Warriors in past years yeah, they've never traded. True. If they traded, it was either for like second round picks or like cash considerations or something. It wasn't like a big flashy move. It was either for like guys at the end of the bench like um, Pascal or. Marquise Chris, one of those times in 2020, I think. Um, but I really don't think. Yeah, um, I, uh, yeah, I also it. think if they want to go out and get a big, they're going to have to give up some pieces of that young core. Um, I think Kaminga's off the table. I would not give up Jonathan Kaminga. But he was in the doghouse, so. Yeah, he's currently in the doghouse. I don't know why, but, I mean, Steve Kerr's uh, – uh, Imitate pulling a Kyle Shanahan with a, yeah, a Brandon Ayuk exactly, which I don't <laughs> understand, but that's makes fine. no sense. When you say that Jonathan Kaminga is going to start all of the games when Draymond is out, and he only started one of them, what the hell, Steve? Seriously, only starts one of them, um, and he—I don't think he's ever—I don't think he's played since the Indiana game. He could—that would have been some good run uh, against the Rockets, who are, aren't a very good team. The, him to get some minutes there. Um, did he get any minutes against the Rockets? I don't know. I think he played like 10 minutes. I am not 100% sure on that, but let me check. But um, I did play. He played 15. So, I mean, he just didn't get the start. So, um, but going back to that, I think Jonathan Kaminga's off the table. I would not trade him. Um, but I think James Wiseman, Moses Moody, I'd, I'd pick up the phone. I'd listen. Um, but. Um, obviously think. Joe Lakeup. Joe Lakeup is pretty high in Wiseman, so I think I doubt that's gonna happen. He's the, he's the next Giannis, guys. Remember, you remember the like in the year last year rebound and went coast to coast. That's some Giannis esque type stuff right there. <laughs> All right, let's not get carried away here. <laughs> I mean, who knows? He could be the next Giannis. But I mean, Maybe. speaking speaking of Wiseman, Warriors came out before the game in a game that clay was supposed to play in and said that he had a little bit of knee soreness. Um, Steve Kerr said that wasn't concerning, but usually when he says that it is a cause for concern, it is. (laughs) So your thoughts on what's going on with that situation. Okay. So um, we saw with Draymond and we saw with James Wiseman, um, they said with Draymond, the calf thing isn't a cause of concern. Next couple of days, we hear that it was like a like a disc problem. And with the whole James Wiseman stuff, um, 
they said there was no nothing too concerning like everything's going back to normal um and then in december we hear that he has arthroscopic knee surgery so obviously the whole clay stuff it isn't the best look when you say it's nothing too concerning obviously there may be some things that the warriors might be hiding but i don't know like I don't know. I feel like they should should have just been transparent throughout this whole thing and just say, hey, um, Clay, is um, something's there. I think they said it was like a tweak or something. I don't know. I think it was I think it was posted on Twitter by Slater, I think, that it was like a little tweak. But obviously, you got to look at the physical therapist. Um, uh, the old physical therapist, Chelsea Lane, who took care of the Warriors, um, was a great PT took care of all the guys, but ever since she, she left, there was always problems with um, um, the players. So I'm like, it's a little concerning, but um, do you feel that same level of concern as well or not? Nah? I wouldn't, I wouldn't make a conspiracy theory about how it's because she left. Uh, I'm not, I'm not trashing people's conspiracy theory about that. I've seen that on Twitter. I just don't think it's because of that. I don't want to say that too. I'm not saying that too, but it's just, um, I understand, but I'm just saying, I think the Warriors are starting to prove now that the organization, people in the organization, it's becoming a little bit of untrustworthiness with the fans. I think, I think the fans are having a little bit of trouble with trusting the organization in regards to injuries, et cetera, because with Wiseman and Draymond now, I mean, Draymond was out because of his calf. And then days later, he had a separate injury in a different part of his body and his back. And now he's out for two weeks with the disc problem in his back and the calf problem. Um, I think you got to give the Warriors credit for being cautious with Clay because I would not put him out there if he had something wrong with his knee after he's coming back from two. I agree with that. I agree. Uh injuries uh scary injuries like the acl and achilles um but i think it's a little bit fishy and i think it's something to keep an eye out for because if the warriors i i I don't think that the warriors should lose clay for an extensive period of time because this is the key time for him to ramp up get some minutes and get back into his rhythm and be ready for the latter half of the year so i mean we'll keep an eye out for it i hopefully it's nothing too serious steve kerr said it was nothing too serious but i might mean that's also but he also said it's nothing to concern about, which is also a cause for concern because <laughs> he could be out here saying that, oh, no, nothing's wrong, and then ends up saying that Clay's out for a month. So hopefully that's not the case. I hopefully didn't jinx that. Um, but I mean, Andre Godala, I mean, they said he had knee soreness and he was out for like three weeks. Granted, he's a 37-year-old guy who was playing like 20, 25 minutes a night. Even three sometimes. But still, he's best, like... He's the best 37-year-old in the league. I mean, is LeBron 37? No, he's not. Like 39, I think. Oh, so he's the yeah. best 37-year-old in the league, baby. LeBron's older than Icky? Yeah, I, I think. That. Yeah. Damn. 
gotta appreciate greatness. Just kidding, MJ is better. Um, sh- should we wrap it up now? Mm-hmm. All right, that'll do it for episode seventy-one. Everyone, oh, that- Ooh, that fit. Oh, I like that flow there. Um, uh, make sure you uh, follow us on Instagram at Catch and Dubs Pod, on Twitter at Dubs Pod. Uh, Boys are on TikTok now, so at Catching Dubs Pod on TikTok. Um, and then make sure you stay tuned. Warriors play the Mavs on Tuesday. Hopefully, Steph starts to get out of his slump. Hopefully, uh, Warriors start to play better. Yeah, they haven't looked themselves lately, so hope for a bounce back. Jazz game. Looks like they're starting to get back. It was a sign of hope that they were getting back on the right track. So hopefully that continues as they welcome in the Dallas Mavericks led by Jason Kidd and Luka Doncic, even though Jason Kidd doesn't play as the coach, but he did play for the Mavericks. That's getting off topic. All right, we're out. Episode 71 is in the books. (laughs) 